Please open your inspired words to Psalm 34. Three other brothers have presented the psalm on December 2nd, 2012, January 17th, 2016, and June 5th, 2016. One of them said many sermons could be preached on it, so I encourage you to listen to those as well. One brief history before we start. The Lord has just saved David from Abimelech. You should remember the story. David pretended to be mad to save his life. And David is now praising the Lord, though he is still hiding from Saul. It's been described as a brother as some bold words for a man that's hiding out in a cave. I'll mention three simple points. One, praise should be unconditional. The fear of the Lord produces action. And what kind of heart pleases God? Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angels of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days? that he may see good. Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, and do good. Seek peace, and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Jumping right in. 1. Praise should be unconditional. Verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. All times and continually. What is missing from David's equation of praise and joy? Circumstance. The testimony I want most for you in 2017, my brothers and sisters, is that though the Lord may not take away the trial you beg so long for, though your world may seem to fall apart, your praise will remain constant and your faith unwavering. Sadness is not a sin. We see David's tears throughout the Psalms. But underneath every event, at the very foundation of our existence, there should be the joy and peace that comes from knowing God. Psalm 30, verse 5, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. John 16, 33, In Christ we have peace. Be of good cheer, he says, I have overcome the world. Because of this, because the hope of Christ transcends circumstance, we can and should always be praising God. Verse 2, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Does the word silent ring any bells? My brother in arms confronted us with this last week. Why do we have life? For the glory of God and no other reason. Men boast in a lot of things, all of them worthless. 
With what we have been given, our praise for God should disgrace their mindless rantings for the pitiful things of the world. All our words should encourage the humble children of the Lord. Psalm 119.74, They that fear thee will be glad when they see me. Why? Because I have hoped in thy word. What are you doing to shame the world's religion of belly worship? Or are you right there beside them? Dedicate to praise the Lord more, always in 2017. Verses 4 through 10 give us supplemental reasons to trust in and praise the Lord. He hears you. The Lord delivers you from fear, will not let you be ashamed when you trust in him, attends to your crying and understands all your needs, sends his angels to comfort and protect you, and takes away all wants. For those who say that you do have wants, first read 1 Timothy 6.6 and realize you're wrong, then consider these promises. Hebrews 13, Christ will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, and he's the same forever, that same being absolute perfection. 1 John 4, 4, you're of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But sometimes, though we know they're wrong, those thoughts slip in. I'd encourage you to have a list of psalms or chapters ready for different situations in life. Mine, for example, for sin or despair is Psalm 51, create me a clean heart, O God. 40, be pleased to deliver me. And 139, search me and know me and lead me in the way everlasting. If you have this blueprint before, you'll be comforted after by anchoring your thoughts in the Bible. Second, the fear of the Lord produces action. We are told simply how to live here. It's simple. Don't ignore it. You will live a happy life. Peter quotes these verses again in 1 Peter 3 if you need further emphasis. Verse 13, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Guard your tongue. James 3 calls it a world of iniquity. You can use it to praise God and uplift his children, or you can use it to break others down and mind earthly things. 14, depart from evil and do good. It's simple. You cannot have a right relationship with God if you are living in sin. Whether it be pride, music, pornography, bad friends, television, flirty, innocent relationships, they will wreck you and your relationship with Christ and his children. Depart. Seek peace and pursue it. I love this part. Seeking peace can seem easy. It's comfortable being the guy that stands out of conflict and doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. But pursuing peace is getting out of your comfort zone for the peace of others. Do you know someone who likes to bring strife into a conversation? While silence can be easy and sometimes wise, pursuing peace can build a brother up who might be torn down. Do you hear someone ranting against the government? Pursue peace. Do you hear someone backbiting? Pursue peace. Sometimes you have to fight for peace. Be wise, be ready. We are called to be lights. This both condemns the world and encourages our brothers. Don't corrupt that light with world and lust. You're not only hurting yourself, but those you could have been uplifting who are now discouraged by your blackened testimony. A fly in the ointment doesn't just ruin the substance. It sends forth a stinking savour and affects those around it too. Quick side note before I get to verse 16. Take responsibility for your actions. Don't blame others or circumstances for how you act or how a day goes. Verse 19 says... The righteous will suffer many afflictions, and the Lord delivers. If you blame someone else or an affliction, you can't fix it next time. Because if the same affliction comes, since it's the affliction's fault, you will fall again. If you accept responsibility, you have the power to control what your response will be, and you won't react in fits. Boys react, men respond. What type of spirit should we as Christians have? What's the difference between the men in verse 16 and 17? One might quickly say one is evil and the other righteous. And you're right, but will you not all do something evil this year, this week? 
That's not to excuse it, but to point the distinction. The difference is in verse 18. The Lord is nigh to them that have a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. David says again in Psalm 51, 17, A contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. The difference is a spirit of humility. We struggle with pride. The first place for a Christian to crush pride should be when talking with God. As relational beings, we like knowing what those close to us want from us. God's telling you what he wants. Be humble. When you sin, do you ever hesitate to go to God? What in the world would keep you from begging him, from falling on your face and asking for forgiveness? It's pride. David went straight to God. He never waited. Go to God. Be open with him. He should be your best friend. He's always available. Think Revelation 3.20. That is until he takes away your desire to, the conviction that you've done nothing with, and you forget to know what's missing in your life. Take advantage of this advocate who's ready to help you. To recap quickly, first, praising God is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You don't get to decide when you feel like it. We have a perfect foundation of hope and peace. Now is always the time for praise. Second, hate evil. That junk ruins your life, and more importantly, your walk with God. Run to do what is right. And finally, live in humility. David is the man after God's own heart, and it isn't because he was the most perfect. It's because he was the most humble. Love that about him, and implement it in your life. 2017 can be a year where we live brighter than we ever have for Jesus Christ. It's an incredible opportunity. Don't let yourself regret what you did or didn't do for him. It starts now. May Jesus Christ be praised. Amen.